Brother Jill on Dialone Radio. And my special guest today on BFF is... I don't think we really worked out. Are you going to just go by your name? Yeah. Alan. Let's go for it. Alan. My name. Yeah. Uh, from the band Extra Extra. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like So... <laughs> so far, glad so to be good. here. Aww, I'm so Thank glad you for you're inviting here. me. I'm thrilled to be here. No, I'm pumped that you're here too. And like, I wanted to kind of give. Uh, I think the like the story about how we met is pretty cute. Like, uh, we met. So Ellen and I are neighbors, kind of around the corner neighbors. Mm-hmm. Around the corner neighbors. Yeah. And I was like, I had had a really hard day that day at work, and so I like to like come home. I buy a alcoholic beverage on the way home and drink it on BART like a normal person. <laughs> and I had my, I, I get two. Um, anyways, oh, this is like already starting out so bad for me. Um, so I was basically drunk and I was walking my dog, uh, drunk walking my dog. And I hear like a band playing. I was like, what is going on? Um, and there was a band playing in, was it your backyard or was it your neighbor's it backyard? It was my neighbor's backyard. What band was it too, by the way? Um, yeah, I can give, there were, were two bands that I saw. One was called uh, Business Casual and the other one was called Into Bate. Um, and I didn't know the concert was happening either until I drove into the parking lot at my place <laughs> and I saw people setting up for a concert and I was like I didn't know that my next door neighbor's backyard was a concert venue and they said right. yeah every yeah. six months or so they they do that um so I was really happy I love going to concerts um totally, and then very impromptu kind of. yeah and then you showed up I think we were hanging out just outside and you were there and we just started we talking started talking and uh-huh. we're like I live right there and I like probably was like pointed to my window and you're like i live right there i was like oh cool mm-hmm. and we just yeah i oh you know what i think it's like you know i i meet people all the time with like the nature of my work and just be walking around and i'm a pretty friendly outgoing person and i'm sure you meet people all the time too but i think what hooked me was that like you're like oh i'm in a myers-briggs and I'm a, uh, I don't, you don't have to share what you are if you don't feel like it, but I personally am at, what is it? ENTJ. ENFJ. Yeah. E-N-F-J. We're, we're the, we're the same, we're the same type. Yeah. And I was like, no way. That's, I think that's mm-hmm. what I am. I'm not sure. I haven't taken it. And, um, I, after I met Alan, I went home and I took it and sure enough. Yeah. I was what I thought I was, uh, same as you. Yeah. I remember, well, I, I mentioned that I did HR for my work and, oh, and we started talking that. to yeah I we started talking that. about hr you were telling me about your hr i had stuff, hr and I, issues i, I love work. hearing about that oh god so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't have to talk like, about it on the air but. i was like oh god you work in hr well have a seat my friend because i got some hr fucking issues for you yeah. uh yeah and i did i had some pretty extensive hr issues that yeah have no kind of just like iron themselves out uh in case you were just you know wondering if it was like keeping up at night like everything's pretty chill right now but at the time, there was some pretty like spicy HR issues going on, um, and I was so grateful to have met someone in HR and who also was the same Myers Briggs types as me. So it worked out, and we're neighbors. Yes, we are, and it was awesome. So yeah, that's how uh, Alan and I met, uh, and now I've been like, the, also I was like, Alan, you got to come on my show. You got to come on Dialone Radio. Like you're funny, 
you have great taste in music, like you're in a band, like it'll be so awesome. And then like, because I have been so chaotic lately, I kept like pushing it back and pushing it back and being like, sorry, I promise this slot. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. Because I don't know how to use like Google Calendar or whatever. But you're here. We can take a breath. Ellen, you're here. We're doing it. I'm really excited. And so let's talk about this theme. Yes. Give it to me. What yes. is it? So after you invited me to be on your show um, and you told me to think about a theme, I was just up at night and I couldn't fall asleep because I was just like going and going and going and going. I thought of a theme and I I thought of all the songs just at like 1 a.m. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so <laughs> the theme is we're going to go on a journey through mm-hmm. my musical career. Um, I started playing the violin when I was nine years old mm. and I was in orchestra all the way through senior year of high school. And today I play in a band in Oakland that is like an 80s style dance rock post-punk band. And I wanted to go through my whole story from back then to now and then tell some awkward dating stories along the way. Sounds amazing. I'm excited. I am. Uh, Let's talk about this first track. So I was like, uh, hold on, Alan, is this from the Spider-Man soundtrack? Like what? Tell me about this. Yeah, so not only is it from Spider- Well, okay, so as you probably know, there's like a million different Spider-Men. Spider-Men now? Too many Spider-Men? Spider-Mans? Yeah, so this is from the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Oh, I, that's my favorite because I feel yeah, like mine he's too. like the most like gentle kind. Other Spider-Mans have been menacing in my mind. Tobey Maguire, I feel like- Wait, wait. Menacing? <laughs> They're menacing Spider-Man. Wait, and then like- Toby Maguire. Wait, is that his name? Toby Maguire, yeah. Yeah, he's so <laughs> sweet and like chill and like I'd kiss him, you know what I'm saying? But other Spider-Man, not so much. Unless I'm thinking about Batman, which also could be a I don't know. I don't watch superhero movies at all. Um wait, what other <laughs> Spider-Man have there been? I feel like I haven't liked any of um, them. But yeah, I, Andrew I Garfield. I didn't watch those. And then the uh the other guy, the um Tom Holland. I don't know. Who he's from the Marvel. Are. I haven't watched those either. Yeah, I do know Tobey Maguire, though. He's a sweet face. He's a sweet guy. I do appreciate him. Um, but as far as other Spider-Men, I feel like not interested. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about like uh, the selection yeah, let's talk about of the why song. I picked the song. Yeah. <laughs> so. Sorry, quick divergence. <laughs> yeah, so um, I played in orchestra for nine years, um, but I'll admit I'm not really the biggest fan of classical music or mm-hmm. orchestra music. Um, but but every year we would play a concert that was just movie music. Oh, and that was always my favorite because mm-hmm. we did like some John Williams, you know, like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, that kind of stuff. Um, this song was my favorite song that we played out of all of the the movie music, and I think it's because it has a sick beat to it. Usually, oh, wow. usually, usually classical music doesn't have a beat. But this has, it's got bongos and oh, dang. other percussion. I've never liked Janet Jackson like, give me a beat. And they're like, we're classical music. That's not what I think about. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. And it's Danny Elfman was from Oingo Boingo. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, that's a real band. 
Yeah, he's got he's got he's a, got a beat. He's got beats. He knows he knows how to do it. Yeah, he knows what yeah. he knows what he's doing. Dan, Danny Elfman doesn't. He knows what he's doing. Him and Mark Mothersbaugh, like they know what they're doing. Oh, we've got some Mark Mothersbaugh later, so yes. don't even worry. And of course, I'm gonna say his name wrong. I say I'm talking about how if a word has more than like two or three syllables, I'm gonna mispronounce it for sure. All right, so. I'm ready to tell. <laughs> Let's hear it. Sorry to segue you. No, that sorry, was a, not sorry. No, I love um, that. I love this. Is why Alan and I get along so well. I love Alan's sense of humor. You're so funny and you just go for it. And I love it. And yes, so sorry, not sorry. Segue into. Oh, thank you. I love your sense of humor. Thank too. you, neighbors. I know. Okay. So I know you, you, you put out a poll today about being a mm -hmm. should i do a podcast should this be a podcast yeah I, and you know and i actually probably misspoke as per usual uh -huh. i probably should have said talk radio because like okay i would never want this show to be a podcast because i feel like podcasts are like produced and they're not like supernatural yeah. i love uh, well supernatural um no i would I, there are times where i'm like oh should this just be like a talk radio show but there are times that I don't have guests and like as much as I would love to talk for two hours about anything that I felt like, I don't think that anyone in the world would want to hear that. So my thought was that well, the first time I heard your, your show, mm. it reminded me of all these different comedy podcasts that I listen to, <laughs> That's flattering. which are like, they, I, I love listening to comedy podcasts that come out of the, um, the lineage of the upright citizens brigade, mm -hmm. um, improv theater. And I have a background in improv comedy, and it's just these these improv people who set up a theme and they just they just go for it. And that's yeah. you're funny too, and that's what this yeah. reminded me of. So Thank you. Uh, basically, my point is, you're already a podcast. I know opinion. it kind yeah. of is already that way. It, it, it yeah. also you know we should check the polls, but I want to hear. Let's how about I'll check the polls. I want to hear okay. the story. All right, let's go for it. So we're ready to 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 tell my first awkward dating story. Let's set the scene here. We're going back to seventh grade, and I will date myself many times in this episode. Okay, mm -hmm. so this was two thousand three for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is <laughs> my first experience dating. Really, um, I was hanging out with this girl in the library a lot. Like we were hanging out a lot Ooh. after school, and uh, one day. I I I said to her, "Hey, wanna wanna date? Like, let's mm. wanna like be a couple." That's cute. And and she said, "Okay, but don't tell anybody." What? Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. That's gotta be a huge uh -huh. vote of confidence. You're like, oh, great. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for the visibility. I feel so seen. Do not tell yeah. anybody. Secret lovers, basically. Uh huh. So. A couple days later, I was like walking between classes and I ran into that girl's younger sister, who was a grade younger, who I also knew. Mm -hmm. And her sister goes, hey, I heard that you're you're dating my sister. And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next day, I, 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 I was at the library again and I saw that girl that I'd been seeing. And she said, hey, why'd you tell my sister that we were dating? What? And I said, I didn't tell her. She already knew. Yeah. And she didn't you're believe me. You're in direct me. violation <laughs> she, of this. If you're, the rules you set, bitch. Like, what the fuck? 
So she didn't believe me. So it was over. That was it. That was it? Yeah, after like a few days. That's insane. Yeah. After a few days, she got mad about that. She's like, I can't with you. Mm-hmm. Wait, so remind me, how old were you again? I would have been 13. Dang, seventh grade. that is like at 13 years old. Like I am 42 and literally like I, my most recent relationship, like, like he woke up in the middle of the and pissed all over my vanity and like got my makeup wet with urine and I still forgave him. So the inflexibility <laughs> of this hoe being like, oh, you told my sister that we were dating, which is in direct violation of the rules that I set and her being the one that broke them. Yeah. Fuck you, bitch. Whatever. Anyway. Exactly. So yeah. that, that You're set better the, off, Alan. Thank you so much. <laughs> but that, that, really, that really set the tone for my dating life. Oh. That was my first experience. Do you date Punishers? Is that like, are you attracted to Punishers? What's that? So a Punisher is a pun. Okay, so I I I use this term kind of loosely, but a Punisher is someone that will like take you to task over almost anything, and also has very little consideration to the amount of space that they take up. So a pun and also like can be I again very loose term. Like for example. If someone uh, gives you a silent treatment for days on end, that's a punisher. They're like, I'm going to punish you. It's like a uh, if you bring a sense of retribution into a dating scenario, you're a fucking punisher. And that bitch sounds like a punisher. She's probably making someone else miserable right now as we speak. Sure. 20 years later. 20 years later, that bitch is a punisher. Let her go. Also, I, on behalf of all, I am a punisher. Okay, I self-identify as a Punisher, uh-huh. and I celebrate Punishers, and I celebrate punishing, but I also will call it out, too. I'm like, that, she's a Punisher. Just let her go. I mean, you not say you. You obviously let it go. We're just revisiting it here on the radio. And for, for the listener, um, just to clarify, I have had dating experiences that are not awkward, and not um, punishing. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about those today. No, because well, who wants to hear about <laughs> no, that? No, it's not interesting. No one wants to hear about your successful dating yeah. stories. No one's like, that's great that you guys forged a connection and moved forward together and like have had a successful dating situation. People don't want to hear that. They don't. Nope. I know my listener. You guys want me to talk about some bullshit all the time. Yeah, this is entertainment. It's entertainment. Yeah. It's Brother Jill on Dialer on Radio on BFF.FM. So, next song. Let's go for it. Oh, well, let's do it. We're going to get uh, Franz Ferdinand. Mm-hmm. That's, that's yep. the next one, right? Okay. Let's do it. And uh, yeah, we're going to listen to it right now. Uh, and then we'll listen to some. Uh, after that, it's going to be The Clash and Dick Dale. And then we're going to return to talk all about it and break it down. Why is this? Uh, hold on. Okay, awkward silence. Here we go. So 
Faithful 
Cap Street to the world. This is BFF.FM. Hello. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Hey, hey, hey. We're having like an intense conversation during that song. Um, and uh, yes, Brother Jill, Valon Radio on BFF.FM here with Alan Miller of Extra Extra. And we just heard from... Dick Dale, and previous to that was a clash, and then previous to that was uh, Franz, Franz Ferdinand, Ferdinand, who is Scottish, by the way. Shout out to Andrew uh, for my last episode. He wanted to play Franz Ferdinand because we're a Scottish band, and we didn't get to because we were talking the entire time. But here we go. I want to hear the breakdown of these songs. Hit it. Absolutely. Here we go. <laughs> here so, we go. Um, yeah, so Franz Ferdinand, that song was called Michael from their first album, their debut album. And that came out in 2004. So that would put me in eighth grade. And 2004 was a big year for me, Jill. Mm-hmm. That was when I started taking guitar lessons. Oh, shit. Yeah. With my dad, actually. My dad and I both Your took guitar le- beginner guitar lessons together. Oh, that was, that was I cool. That. Yeah. And my dad also gave me that Franz Ferdinand album. He gave it to me and he took me to go see them. What a cool dad. Yeah, he was awesome. he 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 took me to see a lot of uh indie rock shows in in LA when I was in high school. So, you know, whether he knows it or not, he 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 laid the groundwork for me to be in a in a band now. So, that's like honestly, I want to say shout out your dad. That is really cool to have yeah that level of involvement and like wanting to be like, all right, son, let me just show you a thing or two, you know? And like to go to shows with you and to buy you album. I don't know. I just think that's cool. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised because he's, he really likes, um, you know, baby boomer rock. He really likes uh-huh. and just for him to be really into like contemporary, um, post-punk revival at that time was yeah. like not really ex- not expected. But no, it was cool. Not, um, so yeah, um, Franz Ferdinand was that was my first favorite contemporary band. Like mm. before then, I was into bands that didn't exist anymore. Like from more like from the classic rock era. But I got really into Franz Ferdinand. We went to go see them. Yes, they're from Glasgow. Yeah. Um, you like I was like y'all like Russian accent. I'm the worst. <laughs> I'm the fucking worst. Honestly, everybody. I don't know why anybody listens to me. I'm the worst. Okay, continue. Um, oh God, sorry, everyone. <laughs> so <laughs> you're good. Keep it together, Jill. Sure. Uh, so <laughs> it was it was the first time. Okay, so I mean, Franz Ferdinand was part of this 2000s called the post-punk revival which started with the strokes Uh and it was kind of taking us out of the the limp bizkit era Mm -hmm. you know into this post-punk revival like white belt sophistication Mm, sure yeah yeah and um it was really the first time i'd heard dance rock before it's like rock music Mm -hmm. with with rhythmic guitars and and disco drums Mm -hmm. and i was really into it and you can draw a line from that directly to extra extra, which we'll get to. Absolutely, I yeah. totally a hundred percent understand that. Um, and you know, most people know the most popular song by far from that first album was called "Take Me Out." Most mm-hmm. people know that song, but yeah. 
I chose the song Michael. Um, it's a lesser known song, but it's one of my favorites. And a deep Franz Ferdinand cut. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And I also know I know a lot of people named Michael. I have a lot of friends named Michael. That's a lot of I feel yeah, like it's I, a common yeah, name. It's a common name. It's up there with Adam and Steve. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> sure, Joe. I mean, I don't got, I don't have the metrics on that, but I'm guessing Michael Adams. Pull it up, up babynames.com. Yeah, exactly. Oh wow, you know. I don't. I mean, I don't know the website, but don't lie. Alan <laughs> be checking babynames.com on the regs. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, I I've seen I've seen websites. Maybe this got posted on Reddit. Shout out to Reddit. Shout out um, Reddit. So I've seen it posted where they'll go through. These were the most popular names mm -hmm. during this era. And so people that you meet of this age most commonly have this name in it. And oh, it okay. be like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Totally. Like my sister's yeah. name's Jennifer. And uh -huh. like Jennifer was probably the number one name. Like it, there were so many Jennifers in her class. At all oh, she yeah. didn't even be like Jennifer S. She had to be like Jennifer DS or something. Cause wow. Like, uh, yeah. Cause this, yeah. Jennifer. And like, uh, Totally. Okay. I'm sorry. We're derailing yeah. very quickly. So no, we're not. We're talking, about, we're talking about Michaels. Michaels. There's a lot of Michaels. Hey, Michaels. Um, so I wanted to dedicate that song to all the Michaels out there. And I know there are a lot of you. So. There's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're all listening, too. Yeah. <laughs> so um, 2004. So this brings us to my second awkward dating story. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to, to um, October or November 2004. Okay. How old are you? um 14 okay okay oh you got over that quick then okay cool oh the story from you were 13 13 7th yeah. grade yeah you're 13 oh, yeah. breaking hearts so you're great. like next <laughs> yeah 2014 let's do it 2004, 2004 sorry <laughs> all right so yeah. yes 2004 uh-huh and so um picture it 2004 picture it yeah i'm gonna date this so well here so my school um we had this pretty nice auditorium and the school decided to do a screening of a presidential debate between John Kerry and George W. Bush. Wow. They were like they were projecting it on the on the big screen and people could show up and watch it. I okay. <laughs> okay. I mean it it's like that makes sense in a lot of ways. Like I would be like, oh cool, you're showing a presidential debate and like maybe I'll go, but I'm like, you're in junior high, like you don't give a fuck. It was high school at this point. Oh, sorry, high school. Like you don't give a fuck about that. It wasn't just for. It was for like the general public. It was for anybody. Who is going to a high school to watch that? I have a living room. Yeah, I don't know. It was a. It was a weird. It was a weird event. Okay. But anyway, um, they asked for students to volunteer. They asked, "Does anybody want to volunteer to usher?" <laughs> This event. This story gets weirder and weirder, honestly. Oh, we're not even like, we're not even, we're not even 10% into the story, okay. Jill. <laughs> so I don't, for so, so for some reason, um, I, I volunteered to usher for this event. Why not? I was really into politics mm -hmm. at that time. Uh, and for a lot of years after that too. But, um, anyway, so I decided to usher and then there was this girl from my orchestra who also decided to usher mm -hmm. and there wasn't much to do after. I mean, we basically just 
told people here here's the bleachers for you to sit on here's the bench for you to sit oh, on oh it was nicer than that there were uh, actual s- seats oh there were seats oh, yeah yeah oh, it was so an auditorium. A nice auditorium yeah, yeah okay gotcha. yeah so here's Sorry. your here here are the seats uh-huh. there's no assigned seating sit, sit anywhere um, i almost spit out my fucking drink <laughs> <laughs> sprite and sky vodka all over the studio okay so um there you know, and then the then the debate started, and there was nothing for us to do, so we were just sitting there, you mm-hmm. know, just hanging out, and nothing happened that that night. So, you know, whatever. She was somebody from my orchestra. We were still pretty early on in the school year at that point. It's like October ish. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, I think a a few days or maybe a week after that, I was online and. Um, do you remember? So, do you remember Live Journal? Hell, ever... fucking yeah! I had right. Live Journal. Me too. So, I'm just gonna say Live Journal was my favorite form of social media that I've ever had. Same, and I think yeah. my Live Journal is still up. If you want to look it up, really. It's... So, there's a point in my alcohol. So, we're, there's an age difference between Ellen and I. Um, so in 2004, I was 24, uh, and you were still in high school. Or, yeah, we have a 10 year. 10 years, yeah. God old as fuck uh so for me though live journal at the time i had a live journal called ghetto guzzle because i lived in poverty and i was an al- a, a raging alcoholic and so i thought it'd be funny to uh keep an inventory of what i drank every night uh-huh. so if you go and look up ghetto underscore in which i would never use that language now uh ghetto underscore guzzle uh there will be um a list every day I was a daily drinker and every day I would drink all these insane, it would be like two sparks, three shots of fucking Cisco, you know, two forties. It would be like some insane, disgusting combination of like massive amounts of alcohol that I drink every single day. And uh, it was so funny. It's not funny. Funny, not funny. <laughs> um, uh, I actually had someone following my ghetto guzzle account. That was like this like concerned gentleman from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was like, if you need to like detox from alcohol or like go to rehab, like I'll help you. And I was like, bro, I don't even know you. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. Whatever. <laughs> like, anyways. So yes, I had a live journal. It was mostly meant as a cry for help, but continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what was your live? Oh, so, I mean, you had to say your live journal name, but no, I deleted it anyway. So it's oh. it's not it's not up anymore, but. Yeah, my my live journal was basically for um because you could have private posts or public posts. Yeah. And we basically had a friend ring mm-hmm. where we were all friends and we could see each other's posts. There would be a the feed mm-hmm. of it and people would post just like dumb stuff, you know, try to be funny or talk about their day. It was just whatever, but it was very just kind of wholesome and raw and honest yeah, and, totally. and and friendly. And um just the opposite of like you know how how fake social media can be these days. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a filter on my face when I do my like live things. If you don't follow me on IG, it's Die Alone Radio, and I put a fat filter on my face because I'm again old. But back in the day, live journal, you just had to show up and be earnest and type out your words and yeah. see who connected. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, you know, I was in a new high school. I was building my my friends basically. Mm-hmm. 
of of live journal and so i would go on and kind of click through and see who all was on there and who's who's friends with who and then add people talk to people on there that i had had met in high school and um one night it was i think it was like a week after the debate screening i stumbled upon this girl's live journal mm. the one that i had i had been hanging out with at the debate and she had made a public post a public post, not a private post. So mm-hmm. I could see it even though we weren't friends on LiveJournal. She made a public post where she was talking about how much she liked me. Oh my God. And she was saying, she was saying, um, oh, it was so dark in there. Um, I just wanted to kiss Alan. Holy and, shit. Yeah. Wow, she's putting it out there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, so I was like, whoa, this is, I did not expect this. So, um, I told my my friends about it, and then um, I think the next day we were in orchestra class together, and the class was over. And I saw her in the hallway, and I went up to her, and I said, "Hey, I heard that you like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that true?" And wow! She, oh my god! <laughs> and <laughs> that's so hard. And she said, "No." No, dog. Why are you coming at me like that? You know I don't fucking like you. Come on now. It's only like yeah. I didn't post it all over the fucking internet. Yeah. But I mean, like, she's in a position where what is she gonna be like? Yo, I like you. I actually wrote this like detailed post about how much I like you. Yeah. Well, I didn't have the best communication skills back then, so I mean, I asked her. Just no very one upfront. does. Yeah. It's high school. I mean, Who does? No 14. one does. Yeah. So anyway, so she's- yo, dog, you like me or no? Nah? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have given her a post-it note. or Yeah, she, I mean, I don't even, I'm terrible at everything, so it's fine. I, I wouldn't know either. So, so yeah, so she said no, and I, I was confused after that. She just, like, walked away. But then um, we proceeded to just have this will-they-won't-they they for the next, like, mm. five months, basically. Love a will-they-won't-they. They. It was pretty frustrating, um, from mm. my perspective, at least, because, yeah. I don't know, but did you? Well, so we got to May. So this would be May 2005. And um, I just kind of had a had a talk with her where I was like, are we going to do this or, or not? Uh, mm-hmm. Let's be a couple. You know, we clear that we like each other. We got this going on. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and then three days later... So we were live journal friends by this point, of course, because we were dating. <laughs> Confirm live journal yeah. friends, yes. Yeah. So like three days after we agreed to be a couple, I see a live journal post that she makes. It's a private one, but I can see it. And she's got this whole metaphor there, and she's she does this whole long post. And the the metaphor I remember from it, she said, "I'm like a horse kicking in its cage." What? She's basically saying that she feels like trapped in this Dude, relationship. Horses in a fucking cage. Like, <laughs> I mean, if you're like, I'm a zebra in a cage, I'd be like, I understand zebras are like in zoos, they get transported here and there. But like, what horses in a cage? Yeah, horses. I don't know. Are, that's not a good metaphor. It's a bad metaphor. But right, yeah, well. she couldn't. She felt stifled, like she couldn't breathe in our three day relationship. Oh, so. three day high school relationship. Yeah. that's bizarre. So so yeah, so she basically ended it. You know, over live journal. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, audience and Alan. You do not strike me 
as like a stage five to ten clinger at all. You seem like such a, like a chill dude. Like if you're like, okay, cool, I get it. You need some space. Not a big deal. I don't take it personally. Like here's all the space you need. Like I can't imagine there's anything that you could do, even as a 14-year-old, that would be so stifling. You'd be like, I'm like a horse in a cage. <laughs> it's just also like, Bitch, the horses are not, they're in like staples or like they're stables or they're like in like like tractor tra- or trailers or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a farmer. Um, Like, what the hell? Like, there's no way that like baby Alan is like pressing on you like that, girl. Like, what is the deal? I don't know. I do not know either. I don't get it. I don't either. So yeah. can I ask you a question though? Sure. What was your retort to this? Bye. Oh, what was DJ Swerving is leaving the building. Um, what was your retort to this post? Or was there one? Or did you react? Like, what did you do? I just, I, I probably talked to her in person. And I mean, it was just the same. It was, I knew it was done. I mean, there was nothing. I was, so, I was really frustrated. I would, this kind of like put me off of dating in high school just in general because i was just like people are not people are not being mature about this or <laughs> and like i guess i felt more mature I, I felt mature for my age which is maybe like a snobby thing to say but no 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 Alan, I felt. the fact that like i didn't realize there's a 10-year gap between us is a testament <laughs> to your emotional maturity to this day honestly it really is yeah no ab- absolutely um and i also feel like um yeah dating in high school is really difficult and i also feel like there's something admirable about someone who respects boundaries like you seem like a big boundary respecter which i appreciate Mm -hmm. because there's so many people out there like oh and i'm talking about myself and my uh my situation uh of like oh, she's mad or she's upset or she doesn't want to be with me. I'm just going to like push past that. Like I recently was in a relationship with someone who I'd be like, okay, I've thought about this for 18 hours straight and now I have a very well-prepared breakup speech to give you right now. And I'd be like, so I just don't think that we're in a very good place to like be together. I feel like there's some growth on both of our parts. Um, And I, I want to facilitate that growth by giving you the space you need. Um, and I also need, you know, and I will have like a 55 point fucking presentation about why we should break up. And this person, instead of respecting that would be like, but what if I buy some Taco Bell and we just like snuggle up? I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, you know, I really appreciate when someone's like, I've heard what you've said. I'm taking what you said seriously. And I'm going to act accordingly instead of like, I'm just going to bypass your boundaries by getting DoorDash. Thank you. I think that was a, that sounded like a compliment. So it was a very yeah. long winded compliment. Yes. It was a super long winded compliment. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So <laughs> you were put off by dating in high school because of uh, this hoe. And then what's next? Yeah. So, um, all right. So, now we're getting into um, my my first rock band that I ever put together. Ooh. So 
Um, like I mentioned, I, I started taking guitar lessons when I was 14 mm-hmm. in 2004. So you shred today, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, bro. You super shred. Okay, cool. Um, but not really. I barely play guitar these days. But um, so we had this orchestra fundraiser in this would have been 2006. So I was mm-hmm. 16. And it was called Spaghetti and Strings. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I love that. Great branding, huh? It's just a funny, it's like a very like it's it's very on brand for like fundraising for yeah, yeah it's just funny. <laughs> it's just a good one. Uh-huh. Please continue. So, I don't want to go on a whole tangent. Let's go. It was literally so what it was was we we put on this event in the cafeteria with its horrible fluorescent lighting mm-hmm. and um the students in the orchestra would serve the parents spaghetti, literally spaghetti. Mm. They would pay for a plate and we'd raise money for the orchestra. But there was also entertainment. Like students could play the violin or whatever. I decided to put together a rock band for one night only nice. um, with other people in orchestra there who also played rock instruments. Mm-hmm. And we had practice in my garage. That was fun. And um, I played guitar. We also had keyboard, drums, singer, and bass. Um, the bassist actually went on, like, I think the year after that. She became, while she was still in high school, she became an intern on the Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Wow. No joke. She my was goodness. She was ahead of her time. Wow. Yeah. And um, so we, our band was called Whistler's Mother. What is after that it's after this painting? It was an ironic name after this um, famous painting of this artist's very old lady mother. It's like a side profile of her sitting down. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like the least rock and roll painting that, that we could the think of. Weirdest <laughs> <laughs> Whistler's Mother. You're like, okay, yeah. look, let's look at this weird old painting. That's us. Okay. Yeah, sure. Google if you want to look at I, it. I do want to whistle. I'm going to look at it right now. All right. But please continue. Um, so, and we played covers only, no originals. And one of the songs that we played was Rock the Casbah by The Clash. Oh, yeah. So I picked that song to represent Whistler's Mother, my first rock band that I ever put together. I love that. Uh, there's a knock at the door. What's up? Who is it? Who is it? You, I mean, oh, oh, you want us to open it? Uh, oh, I, I can see, I can see. It's like an old lady, uh, side pro. So everyone knows this, uh, p- this painting. It's like an old, nun-looking lady from the yeah. side. She's like, not hot or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry. By you the way, put it that way. Yeah. Sorry. Uh. Yes, hello. hello. This is Kyle Pressburger of... Uh, Kyle Pressburger is here. Altered Images Wednesdays at 10. Altered Images. Hi, Brother Jill. Thank hello. you for sharing a mic. I, I you know, forgot. Your... Oh, there is one. Here. There's a mic for you. I mean, if you just, like, really want to... Like... Oh, we're going to get into it. I, I feel like, again, this is like uh, Kyle Pressburger's cutting in. I just want to come in because <laughs> you brought up Rock the Casbah. Uh-huh. And the fun thing about that track is the drummer was just about to be kicked out of the band... Uh-huh. But he recorded all the backing tracks for that song. He wrote the song, and he recorded all the backing tracks by himself in one afternoon. And so the other guys came by and and put, like, 
vocals and guitars over everything, but the bass, the drums, uh, the piano, like it, it's all that guy. And also, like I love Friday nights. This is such a rock block. Isn't this fun? Yeah, it's yeah. like there's a real vibe. I've been here all afternoon. I'm dead tired, but I, I hear this great show going on, and Thanks. I just. Uh, but I don't even have headphones on. I should get out of your damn show. I don't know. I kind of like a little like, it's like Powell Presper's cutting in. I love it. You're, it's laughing. You're telling great stories. Yeah, right? Thank you. It's, Appreciate it's, it. It's super fun. Thank you. It's a well, Friday night love fest. It really, in a, we- in a weird way, it is. It really is. Like I get, uh, sometimes I'll be, I don't know, like I'll get, uh, I'll be like, oh, whatever. I'm brother Jill. I'm bitter, and I think that romance is stupid. And then, like, literally, someone will be like, your whole show is centered around human relationships and like dating and like being in love or not being in love or whatever X Y Z. And I'm like, I guess you're the best. Have a good night. Peace out, my dude. All right, awesome. Yeah, Pal Pressburg is cutting in. It's a love fest here on Friday night. A love fest. Brother it Jill. is. It is a love fest. Dial on radio. It is. So we, uh, was that Rock the Casbah? Was that the Yeah, yeah. Did? So you were you were just commenting on that, um, the painting. Yeah, not a hot painting or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like an old lady just like chilling on a chair. I yeah. think it's pretty funny. So, you think you banned that. Right. So we printed out a photo of, of that painting and we, we taped it onto the, the kick drum. What the fuck? Yeah, because that was our band. That's hilarious. So, um, that's like uh, you like actually like had an education or something. That's like pretty. That's like a smart thing. To, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's like a very like uh, irreverent smart thing. It'd be like, yo, our band's called Random Paint. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I was in a band in high school. Oh, really? It, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but we were called Uncrushworthy, and we were just like a Bikini Kill cover band without actually being a Bikini uh-huh. Kill cover band. I just used like the Bikini Kill template. Um, but I diverged from that because like Bikini Kill was like literally ten years before what you're t- the time period you're talking about. Hey, man, these are these are a bunch of orchestra nerds. Yeah, making a band. So I mean, I'm into it. I love it. Whistler's mom. It's yeah. like Stifler's mom from American Pie, kind of. No, I wouldn't say it's like that at all. <laughs> it's like a direct <laughs> and equal opposite. <laughs> of Stifler's mom is Whistler's mom. <laughs> I understand. Uh, and then the third song that we listened to was Miserloo by Dick Dale. Oh, yeah. Um, most people know that song from Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. from the opening scene. I have a lot to say about that, but I'm going to keep it mm-hmm. tight. So go ahead. But it was written in the 60s mm-hmm. as a surf rock song. Um, and I picked that song because the next year there was another Spaghetti and Strings. And I was thinking about what I wanted to do in terms of entertainment for that one. There was this guy in my orchestra named Josue. Shout out Josue. I haven't talked to him in ages. but um, Josue. He was a nice guy, and pretty much every time I would see him in orchestra, he would just have an acoustic guitar with him, and he'd be playing that riff from Miserloo. Oh, shit. Yeah, he would just play that. He would just play it at me. Wow, he's like, hey, check this out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's my mouth guitar, but go ahead. Yeah, and I couldn't play it. Like, that was, you know. I cannot either. Yeah, that's good. He was good. So, um... 
I saw, you know, I think I know we've talked about this before, um, Jill, how I, I see potential in people. You do. You know, and this was this was an early example of that. So I was like, I saw potential in in this guy, Josue, to be a lead guitarist mm-hmm. in a band for for the fun for the fundraiser this year. Spaghetti and strings. Spaghetti and strings, two thousand seven. And so I put together a band, some of the same people from from the last year's band, some new people, including Josue. And uh, yeah, it was kind of um, plussed up. They had a real stage. Oh, shit. That year. Yeah, they shelled out for a real oh, stage. Oh, shit. And, and still in the cafeteria, but um, we we played. That was one of the songs we played, and, and it was fun. Yeah, Josue, he killed it on that riff. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I also knew Josue. I knew Josue when I was growing up, and uh, he uh, was like, uh, whatever. You know what? There's a point in a story when you're like, I'm about to launch in this story. You're like, this is stupid. Forget it. Um, no, that's cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that is a hard script to play, even though I know nothing about playing guitar because I don't, I can't do it. The name of the band. Uh, okay, so this was 2007. We decided to name our band, and this this was mostly because the bassist in this band was really big into politics, even more than I was at the mm-hmm. time. Even more than like yeah. going to a, a a political debate yeah. at a high school <laughs> yeah. auditorium, no matter how nice. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so this uh, the bassist in the band, he introduced us to, or he was like, really hyped up about this guy uh, named Barack Obama. Yeah. Who had Rings just- Isabel. Yeah. <laughs> Might ring a bell. <laughs> Might ring a bell, Barack Obama. <laughs> I don't know if the listeners have heard of him. Yeah, um, but... it's a cutty figure, but yeah. So he had just announced that he was running for president, and mm-hmm. people weren't really taking him seriously at the time, but we thought he was a cool guy. So we named our band Obama Thunder. Wow. Uh-huh. Wow, Obama Thunder from Down Under. I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just got to yeah. add that to it. If I have to, you know, like, like Jill, we're talking about my high school band and we're named this Barack Obama. I'm like, but let's add some male strippers. Barack Obama, Thunder from Down Under. Uh, that's amazing. Hell yeah. So um, <laughs> I remember we had a, like a music stand. <laughs> we, we, we made a Photoshop of, there's this photo of Obama from high school or college where he's mm-hmm. got an Afro hairstyle. And we, we Photoshopped the lightning bolt on his hair. Nice. And we just had a music stand of that printout displayed in front of us. Yeah, I so. feel like you are into like coordinating <laughs> visuals yeah. with your musical uh, performances, and yeah. so it makes me wonder, like extra, extra. Do you? I have not had the pleasure or the privilege to see you perform live yet, but do you incorporate visuals with extra, extra as well? Do you guys have a printout of anything? <laughs> <laughs> Tape to like a kick drum or like a music stand or what do you guys do? Oh, we have some great <laughs> costumes. I've seen uh, like yeah. I though Alan has this fantastic costume and if you look on my IG, you'll see a picture of him wearing this fantastic costume in front of this, the legendary store club. But please continue. Yes. Um. But well, that was it. So yeah, we made it to the end. Those were my two. Early high school bands, and I think we're ready for our next song. Here. Oh, which is like surprising to me because I'm like, oh wow, really? Okay. Yep. Uh, here we go. Maybe you guys have heard of this, maybe not, but it's about to happen. Let's do it. Oh, 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 oh. 
Risk his neck for his brother man Can you dig it? Who's the cat that won't cop out When there's danger all about? Right on You see this cat shaft is a bad mother Shut your mouth What I'm talking about, Shaft? He's a complicated man But no one understands him but his woman John Shaft
As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain But that's just perfect for an Amish like me You know I shun fancy things like electricity At 4.30 in the morning I'm milking cows Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows Fool and I've been milking and plowing so long that Even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine Then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699 We've been spending most our lives living in an I just smiled at him and I turned the other cheek I really don't care, in fact I wish him well Cause I'll be laughing my head off when he's burning in hell But I ain't never punched a tourist even if he deserved it An Amish with a toot, you know that's unheard of I never wear buttons but I got a cool hat And my homies agree I really look good in black Fool, if you come to visit you'll be bored to tears We haven't even paid the phone bill in 300 years But we ain't really quaint so please don't point and stare We're just technologically impaired There's no phone, no lights, no motor car Not a single luxury Like Robinson Crusoe It's as primitive as can be We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise We're just plain and simple guys living in an Amish paradise There's no time for sin and vice living in an Amish paradise We don't fight, we all play knives living in an Amish paradise Hitching up the buggy, churning lots of butter Raise the barn on Monday, soon I'll raise another Think you're really righteous? Think you're pure in heart? Well, I know I'm a million times as humble as thou art. I'm the pious guy the little omelets wanna be like on my knees day and night scoring points for the afterlife. So don't be vain and don't be whiny or else my brother I might have to get medieval on your hiney. We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise. We're all crazy men in the nights living in an Amish paradise. There's no station engineer and you're listening to bff.fm oh the cable's fucked up hello dude it's not often i get to play weird owl on my show so i'm like pumped on that tonight's the night tonight's the night weird owl but let's start off with uh shaft yeah what's up with shaft yeah, so the story behind that one, I'm going to take you to 2008, mm. all right? Yeah. I'm graduating senior mm-hmm. in high school. You guys just got out of rehab, but yeah, go ahead. And the there was this um, concert 
at the end, at the very end of the year, every year for the orchestra, it's called the Senior Gala. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, it was the most pretentious concert out oh. of all out of all of them because there was some gatekeeping going on with it. Um, it wasn't really like a full orchestra event. It was basically if you had your solo or you had your small ensemble, you had to prepare something fancy and then go to this festival where you'd be judged by some snobby judges and you had mm -hmm. to get a certain rating, mm -hmm. like a certain high enough rating. And then if you got that rating or higher, then they would let you perform your thing for, every, Dang, for everybody. What? Yeah. I know, right? It was the last concert of the year, Not every chill. year. So I didn't like that 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 vibe of it, and I didn't care enough to do my own thing and jump through those hoops. Mm. Um, so I was talking with one of my best friends who had been in the two previous bands, the two previous years, and I and we were just like brainstorming, and somehow we came up with, what if we just played a song at the senior gala what if we played a, a funk song mm -hmm. at the senior gala and just ignore all of the the hoops mm -hmm. and and do it and we decided on on shaft that we were going to play the song shaft and that would be hilarious because it's just like the opposite of of all the snobby classical songs that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everybody yes, else was playing yes, yes. and so we decided we were going to do it and we just this was such a like a graduating senior swag attitude that we had where we just walked into our orchestra director's office. She was cool anyway, but we 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 walked into her office and we just said, "We are doing this." We didn't ask for permission. We just said, mm -hmm. "We're going to play Shaft at the end of the senior gala." Nice. And she was like, "Okay. Fine." Mm -hmm. Um and so I put together a band it was m my biggest band by far we had something like 20 people there Dang, it was yeah it was what? violins um flute brass we had a um yeah a drummer and then i got a guy from choir to sing like the you know the the damn deep voice right. yeah you should got brother jill i could have done it Damn right. You could have done it. I could have done it's it. You pretty guys. good. It could have been a contender, you guys. I have a deep ass voice for a chick. But anyways, go ahead. So I, I I got that together and I played guitar. I remember I played guitar and we had another guitarist that played was playing like the the wah guitar, like Yeah. And I also then I switched to violin in the middle of the song. And anyway, we had we had rehearsals and we we just played it at the end of the of the concert and wow. and the parents loved it we got a standing ovation oh shit yeah hell yeah that's awesome uh-huh yeah so that was that was like one of the coolest moments of um my high school career for sure love it yeah nice yeah yeah mm -hmm. and then the next song was ping island mm -hmm. by mark mother's ba and that's from can you try? Can you can you go get a little bit closer to the mic and say that one again? Mark, huh? I can't. I can't <laughs> pronounce anything, you guys. So there's like things like uh, mother's ball. Is it what is it? Mother's ball. Mother's ball. Yeah. Mother's ball. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. That dude and Devo or whatever. Yeah. And Rugrats. Mm hmm. Uh huh. And that song was from the Life Aquatic mm -hmm. soundtrack. Yes. 
So I picked that song because it was <laughs> was so funny, Joel. <laughs> You're just like, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyways, yep. uh, yes, and? Moving, moving right along. Yes, and, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No but, no buts. Is no the, buts, yeah. no buts here. Mm-hmm. So the... <laughs> <laughs> That's a little improv joke, you guys. <laughs> oh, yes, and. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I went to college at... UC Berkeley, um, go Ooh, Bears! Yeah. I started. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, congrats on going to college. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I did a little. I mean, not like a lot or anything, but I did for a minute. Yeah. Hey, but well, we're 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 here today. We're, we're here today. Same, same yeah, room. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I I went BFF the Great Equalizer. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so you went to UC Berkeley. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in 2008. And I've been uh, living in the East Bay ever since then. Hell yeah. Actually, yeah. That's what's up. It is what's up. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I, I checked out. I remember when I was doing my college tours, I was looking around. I, I toured the radio stations at the colleges. And and uh, UC Berkeley has, of course, KALX. Calix. Hell yeah, KALX is so fucking sick. Shout out, KALX. Shout out, KALX. You're sick as fuck. Yeah. So, um. I wanted to go volunteer there and I was a freshman. I was brand new and I went to the orientation and they said that the fastest way to get on the air is actually to do the news. Mm. And I was big into politics at the time, as you know, Barack Obama. Yeah. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I started going on Friday afternoons. I'd go, go there about three 30 and then there would be maybe five or six of us. We would be sitting, they have computers there. We research news stories and we would type out what we were going to say. And then we go on the air about 6 PM mm-hmm. and we would read the news. We'd have one person as the producer host and mm-hmm. everybody else was read their stories. And that song ping Island was the theme song for the, oh, the Calyx news. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, I, w- I worked my way up to become the producer host I, I, oh. in my second year doing it. And uh, you sound you sound impressed. I mean, I'm just yeah. like, when are we going to get to like yeah. all the trim that you got from being on the news? <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to get to the juicy parts where you're like, and I smashed 100 broads because I was on the fucking Calyx news, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is impressive. I'm sorry. It is difficult to become a Calyx DJ. It uh, is, yeah. And there's a big difference between like what I do here on BFF, which is like, I'll make a playlist and title, and then I'm like, have a few drinks, and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. No, like I, I've been to the Calyx studio before. I had a friend uh, who hilariously was like, his DJ name was DJ Tanner. I'm like, a million people have done that joke of DJ Tanner, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um but they have so much physical media there. And it's just yes. like before streaming. So there's like so much physical media that's already pre-screened. It actually, there is like a level of difficulty that is involved with being a Calyx DJ. And I feel like a level of prestige. I mean, I feel prestigious being here at BFF. But again, like I'm plugging my phone into a console. I'm not like playing a record, which I could. There is a record thing. There's like a thing here for records and stuff. But I... Big ups to Calyx. It, it is a prestigious uh, college radio station. For sure. So I just wanted to say uh, shout out to Calyx. And we used to say, so we would play 
that song as the intro. And then I would come on the mic and say, from the basement of Barrows Hall on the UC Berkeley campus, this is the Friday Evening News oh, here at KALX. Shit. And Dang. my name is Dang Alan. Dropper. Well, your name is what? <laughs> Alan. Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hold up, panty dropper, what's it? <laughs> Alan. <laughs> that's incredible. I love that. No, that's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Yeah. You're you're sliding into these girls' uh, ears with your uh, sexy Calyx news voice. Uh-huh. And then uh, from there, we go to... Weird Al, Amish Paradise. So. <laughs> also another panty dropper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dang, if you want to get it wet, like if you're not, oh, sorry, that's so gross. Hot in the pants, hot in the pants seat. Put on some Weird Al, you guys. You're like, yo, babe, mm. you ever seen UHF? Mm-hmm. 100%. Smooth. Like, that's a smooth move right there. If it do, Honestly, though, if it, I mean, like, not that I'm a great metric to, like, measure against, because you can, like, literally put on, like, face off or whatever, and I'd be like, oh, that's hot, whatever. Um, but like, <laughs> I would be extra impressed if a dude was like, yo, let's watch UHF and cuddle and stuff. I'm like, for sure. Uh, Weird Al is amazing and underrated. And, uh, Ellen and I, one of the first times we like hung out yep. outside of impromptu daytime concert in a uh, backyard, we went to, is it North Light? Northern yeah. Lights? I always want to say Northern Lights, but mm. that's not it. It's North Light. Yeah. Um, and we got drunk and we talked about Weird Al for like an hour. Yeah, or it felt like an hour. To you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I gotta listen to this bitch talk about Weird Al for like an hour. Uh, but please, let's talk about yeah. Weird Al. Yeah, let's talk about him. So, um, that's <laughs> what I'm here to do, Jill. I know, yeah. I know. So, it all leads up to this. <laughs> uh, so, I, uh, so after I did the radio station for two years, I switched my my um, my college hobby to starting to do improv comedy, mm-hmm. and I got way into it. And I was doing it a lot. I ended up on a team. Um, shout out to the team. It's called Bear Stage Unscripted, mm-hmm. and they changed their name. Now it's called Best Laid Plans. Oh dang! It's still there uh, at UC Berkeley. But uh, yeah, I was doing improv a lot, and. One of my friends was in a different improv group called TBD, TBD mm-hmm. Comedy. It's still there as well. Shout out TBD. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were hanging out a lot at my house. And he, his name is Mike, and he was a singer. Michael. Michael, yes. He's one of my mm-hmm. friends named Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes by Mike. And I had this background in music, and I wasn't really playing music at all in college. And he was a singer. And um, we were basically we were inspired by my uncle, shout out Uncle Joe, uh, who went to college with Weird Al and they met in the dorms at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo back in the late 70s, early 80s. And I won't tell the whole story now, but the definitive story of this is on um if you're if you're a weird owl fan i really really encourage you to get out your podcast app right now and type in dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird owl podcast Ooh. it 
these are two of the biggest Weird Al fans I've ever seen. They're they're collectors. They're huge. They're they go to like a ton of shows. I they, have to listen you know, to this. This sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Dave and Ethan's two thousand inch. And are they, they single? Because this is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They live in uh, uh, New York, I think. If it's 2,000 yeah. inches, it can reach. It's fine. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Mm-hmm. So they interviewed my uncle. There's a there's a three part podcast series where they interview my uncle Jesus. and he he tells the whole story wow. and it's a great story. You know, it's part of my family history, and um, you can now hear it on their on their podcast. So go ahead and listen to that. Um, but yeah, long story short, my uncle Joe played bongos and Weird Al would play the accordion and they played um, on campus at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo and they would be an opening band for other bands or they would play at a coffee shop or other small venues and I knew this story growing up of course and I was you know looking when I look for inspiration about what what others had done with their college experience that sounded like you know the most fun thing totally. that you could do. So um, Mike and I decided to form a a music comedy music duo, and um, we did some opening acts. We opened for uh, some improv shows that were in classrooms on campus. What were you guys called? We were just called Mike and Alan. It's not. It's not funny. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Mike and Ellen, everybody, not funny. <laughs> Hashtag not funny. Opening band for the improv class. <laughs> Here's this not funny band named yep. Funny Musical Duo. No, I'm into it. Yeah, so <laughs> no fun, funny name. So ashamed that we didn't have a funny name. No, no, it's but, all good. Um, Mike and Ellen. But uh, yeah, I love Weird Al, of course. I grew mm-hmm. up listening to him. And he's the best. I I, I love he is that a motherfucking best. I love that he just he always whenever I see him in concert, he puts on some of the best concerts of any artist, like of any genre that I've seen. And he always brings it, no matter what. He never phones it in any concert that he's I've coming seen. Coming hard, weird. Al's coming hard yeah. for you. And he'll go out into the audience Aww. and he's like interacting with people. I saw him sit on a lady's lap and I sing to her. Oh you my know? god, he's the best guy. Yeah. I feel like you know sometimes when like you see these like guys in like uh the public eye and they're just like really sweet and hardworking and sincere and awesome you're like bro are you like a methodist or something are you like part of a weird yeah. church like is he religious weirdo i think he's a little bit religious he's some people think he's jewish he's not um he's some sort of christian but he's he's very like private about it you know that's mm-hmm. his, he doesn't try to convert people yeah um but he really is i met him one time he really is not Amish. really. Re- <laughs> Alan has this look of just like, bitch, shut <laughs> up. Shut up. He would never say that, but it's just a look like, oh, Jelly's obviously not Amish. Okay. <laughs> so he, he's just like extremely nice. He and, is super and nice. And that's yeah. so rare for celebrities. Totally. You know, not that I've met any, but I'm sure they're not the nicest. Yeah. I've so I've heard. I don't know. And I've got another awkward dating story. This segues segues Please. into it. I mean, go. if Weird Al doesn't have an awkward dating story attached to it, I don't know what would. Yep. So I was um, in college. This would have been late college. And 
I was on OkCupid. This was like my first foray into online dating was mm. OkCupid. And I was talking to this Eastern European woman on there. And I invited her to come to our show. We had a, Mike and Alan had a show, invited her to come to it. She was there. And then afterward, we went out for a drink in Berkeley and we were hanging out. It's going pretty well. And uh, yeah, we started seeing each other. We went on some dates. Um, and then one of the dates, I guess, was it was not so much a date. It was we were kind of like planning to get lunch in the daytime. And she asked me if she could bring her friend along. Mm-hmm. And it was a guy friend. <laughs> um, so then when he showed up to the restaurant and I met him, it seemed pretty obvious that he was he was gay. Mm-hmm. You know, or at least to me at the time. Okay. Okay. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, your feelings are valid. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So, you know, and so I gave them like a campus tour. We were walking around. We were having fun, goofing around. Uh, anyway, um, then I went on a, another date with her. I think a week or two after that, we were we were at a bar, another bar, hanging out, and we went on Bart to to go home. And I asked her if she, if she wanted to come come over to my place. Yeah. And she said, uh, "No, I, I've got to go home. I need to go to bed." So I was like, "All right." And That's then just a lame excuse. <laughs> I have to go home. I have to go to bed. You're like, yeah. Uh, would you like to not? I I'm sorry. I would just never say that in my life. I I would. That's just like a weird thing to say. I think in my mind. Well, she said it. Maybe you're maybe you're just a better person. I don't know that I'm a better person. I feel like a worse person. But I feel like I would just be like, no, doggy. I'm not trying to fucking get any of that. I'll smell you later. You're more right? direct. I'm a little bit more yeah. direct. I wouldn't be like, uh, no. I have to go home. I have to go to bed because everyone knows if you put sleep. On a scale of doing sex and getting it in, like if sleep outweighs it, bye later. You suck, dude. I'm sorry. I, if any dudes like priorities, story, yeah, priorities. Come on. Yeah. If you're not trying to like do sex, um, if you're not willing to sacrifice a little sleep for that, then like please get out of my face. Well, clearly she didn't want to do sex, so um, she didn't come over. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I get I get home. I respect your decision, something, mm-hmm. but you know, whatever. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, thank you. For We're your, respectful here at. Dialogue thank you for your support. You. Yes. Yeah, I support mm-hmm. you, Ellen. Yes, and I support you, lady, too. Kind so, of. Anyway, go ahead. You haven't heard the full story yet, though. Nope. Oh, give it to me. So, I get home and she texts me basically right as I'm walking in the door, and she said, "Hey, um, you know, because you." Because you asked me to come over, I just wanted to um, come out and tell you that. And she used the guy's name that had come to lunch that time. I'm not going to say his mm-hmm. name, but she was like, but that guy and I are mistresses. What? <laughs> yeah. Mistresses to like the same dude? So it's been almost, what, 10 years? It's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. Or, I still don't know what she meant Wow. by that. You didn't ask her to elaborate. No, I was done. I was like, "This, this sucks. We're this mistresses. is stupid. This, uh, whatever is going on here, I'm, I'm out. This is, this is dumb." So, I, I don't know what she meant. I mean, she meant that they were involved. I mean, for 
whatever she meant, it meant that she she didn't want to come over. So, but it's like, why were you on OkCupid, or why? Or did we go on dates? What were your what were you, was your intention with this? I have no idea what was going know. on. If if I got a text, I was like, me and this person are mistresses. I would be like, oh, you're both seeing someone, the same person, or possibly different people that are partnered, and you have bonded as being people that are unrepresented in already partnered situations. I don't know. I'm trying to like dig my way around this mistress's situation. But yeah, I guess if I was like in my mind, I'm like, okay, if there was ever a time where I'd be like, sorry, I'm um, we're mistresses. I'd be like, Oh, it's me and my friend are both fucking some married dudes, I guess. And we're committed to this lifestyle of being mistresses together, I don't want to gum up the works by having a legitimate adult interaction. Yeah, your your guess is as good as mine. In but this yeah, situation. why would you be on OkCupid? Okay, maybe she's looking for other people that are already partnered to possibly um, receive whatever it is that they're looking for, that this person is looking for, where it be accolades, validation, affection, monetary compensation who knows yeah whatever it was i was just looking for something straight up monogamous at the time so that <laughs> was that was like, oh god when you said straight yeah. up monogamy i was like a sigh of relief although yeah. i would not say that yeah i wouldn't imagine you say much else but like yeah uh yeah just looking for a partner to do sex with it's not already involved with other people that may or may not be partnered and it's not a convoluted situation where like I identify as a mistress so I cannot yeah that is weird so I, I pieced out of that peace peace alright well we got some uh, just a figment coming up mm-hmm. and then we'll listen to San Francisco's favorite LCD sound system. And I say that only because I have to listen to LCD sound system all the time at work. It's not a bad thing. I know everybody likes them. I know. What? Alan, I'm sorry. I have to listen to them all the fucking time at work. It's um, okay. It's okay. I understand the concept of being overplayed. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's not that they're bad or anything, but like, uh, yeah, I, I, I just have to listen to a lot of LCD sound system. And people like, it's like going, it's like the uh, musical equivalent of like going to Tahoe for the weekend. You know what I mean? Like everybody goes to Tahoe. I get it. Everybody goes to Tahoe. Everybody loves LC sound system. I understand. Everybody has a white BMW, myself included, by the way. Everyone went to school in Boston. Everyone has a golden retriever. I get it. I understand. Sorry. That's like tech bitterness is like spilling over right now. When oh, no. I like worked in, no, when I worked in tech, like, Literally, I would meet so many different people from so many different like walks of life, and they'd all be mm. like, "Yeah, I went to school in Boston. I moved here a couple of years ago. I lived to go to Tahoe for the weekend. Me and my friends like, and we have like an X five or whatever. And we like to go snowboarding or skiing. You gotta check this out. Like, I got a golden retriever. Blah blah. Oh, dude, we just saw LCD sound system. They're fucking sick. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Hey Jill, um, this is established that this was this is a Friday love fest. So oh, sorry, um, sorry. You know what's terrible though is is like I literally have a good friend that I uh, love and admire and adore, and like I literally have hit on so many points of his personality in that rant, and uh-huh. it, it and they're incredible, and they still also they're so San Francisco they can't help it. They love going to Tahoe. They have a a white BMW. I do too. 
You know what I mean? Anyway, sorry guys. I just went on a whole thing. Um, but you know what? I'm gonna put on my Gore-Tex jacket and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna fucking rock out the LCD sound system like everybody else. It's awesome. Hell yeah. Hell Oh, look at you, Alan, coming through with a brother Jill. Hell yeah. All right, here we go. Morning teleports. I was going to say morning <laughs> transportation. I'm like, what is this, like Bart? Uh, morning teleportation, mm -hmm. just a figment. We're going to we get into it.
Bringing the underground to the foreground. Dang, I don't know if I'm bringing the underground to the foreground myself, but I do appreciate the sentiment. I feel like that's an overestimation of at least what I do here on Dialogue Radio with Brother Jill. And we just heard from San Francisco's favorite band, LCD Sound System. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. All right. What's up, Alan? Yeah, so before that, we heard uh, Just a Figment by this band called Morning Teleportation. And I heard about them because they are on Isaac Brock, the lead singer of Modest Mouse. They're on his record label called Glacial Pace. And they're from Kentucky. I've never seen them live. They never toured out to the West Coast. But um, we were pretty inspired by them in the band that we did after Mike and Alan. Mm -hmm. So... After college, um, I was living with this guy named Zach. Shout out, shout out Zach. He was a guitarist, producer, and um, along with Mike from Mike and Alan, we decided. Mike from Mike and Alan. Yeah, the Mike from Mike and Alan. We decided to form a like a psychedelic rock band. Oh shit! And we called ourselves Puddin. What? Puddin. Puddin. Like pudding. Without a G. Without the, there's an apostrophe instead of a G. Puddin. Uh huh. Puddin. And yeah, we were like psychedelic rock, um, art rock mm -hmm. style. And Zach knew how to record songs at home. He had the gear to do it. And that's how I learned how to make how to make demos nice. at home. And we were pretty inspired by songs like that, Just a Figment, because the way we would songwrite in that band is by coming up with shorter riffs and then smashing them together mm -hmm. one after another, even if they were in kind of different genres. Oh, okay. So that's why I picked that song. It's representative of, of the style. Nice. And if you want to check out Puddin', we released a four-song EP on Bandcamp. Just go to puddin.bandcamp.com. Hell yeah. Plug City over here. There you go. Puddin'. Long pause. Long, very long pause. <laughs> Jill was just commenting on what she called the Allen pause. I she love wanna, this yeah. pause. I'm all about the pause. Like, I love a uh, awkward silence in general, and it's not awkward between us because we are very comfortable with one another. And like, Allen knows I celebrate a silence. Um, I enjoy the silence. Uh, no, but yeah, uh, I just uh, I think it's funny. Yes, it is funny. Let's keep it going. All right. <laughs> Run out of time here. So, uh, yeah, LCD Sound System, San Francisco's favorite. Favorite. Um, I got really, really, really into LCD Sound System around 2017-ish. Mm -hmm. And listening to them along with a couple other bands, including Metronomy, mm -hmm. which you called Metronomy. Metronomy. Because I can't mm -hmm. talk, which is cool that I'm on radio. Metronomy. Yep. So... I just got really interested in how they were making those sounds and I got I researched synthesizers and I ended up buying my first synthesizer in twenty seventeen. It's a drum machine mm -hmm. synth combo. And um then when Zach, our guitarist from Puddin, he moved away to the East Coast. So I was like, Okay, you know, uh, I wanna make a new band and I wanna make a band that can be performed live because Put in with studio only, and mm -hmm. I love performing. I miss doing it, and I wanted to make something that 
that people could could show up to and and have a good time and have fun and I wanted my my synth to be um, part of the band so LCD sound system was a huge inspiration just how they're um, they've got like a bunch of people on stage there's like seven or eight people there they've got a ton of synths mm-hmm. and guitar bass and they have the disco drums um, you know it kind of harkens back to that that uh, Franz Ferdinand style oh, da- yeah. dance rock they're they they were contemporaries of of uh, Franz Ferdinand, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. It does could but, you imagine if there was an LCD sound system concert at, at Lake Tahoe? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I'm envisioning it right now. It would be ba- so backed up. It it would. All it would take traffic. like four days to get there and yeah. six days to get home. Absolutely. It would be like burning. You know that like uh, everyone's favorite vacation weekend. Is like when everyone goes to Burning Man. Uh-huh. It, would, it would be like that part too. It would be like, oh, this is the weekend that LCD Sounds has been playing at fucking Heavenly or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and bro, everyone in San Francisco is there. We gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. Okay. So I have, this is my final. Let's hear it. Awkward dating story. It has to do with LCD Sound System. So uh, around Christmas time 2019, that puts me at age 30, I was. I started seeing somebody um, here in Oakland and she was into LCD sound system and I took her on our second date. We went to an LCD sound system cover band show. That's very considerate. Shout out to um, the LCD sound system cover band. They're called North American Scum. They do shows at the rickshaw stop Hmm. occasionally and they're really good. So we went to that. It was super fun. We were dating. I was having a great time with her. She was super funny. We were dating for a few months. Um, and then she invited me to come meet her friends um, mm-hmm. in March. And this puts us at March 11th, 2020. Oh, uh, shit. So, so shit went down. Yeah. So this was, you know, my band, Extra Extra, we'd already started. We had a show scheduled for that weekend after that um, at the knockout in San Francisco, we had to drop out of the show because people had health concerns. Mm-hmm. You know, they ended up shutting down the bars like right after that. And so I was at this dinner party at this this woman's house and she had some of her close like five of her, five of her closest friends over and we had dinner outside. It was super chill. While we were there, that was when we found out that, you know, Tom Hanks had tested positive for covid dang and they were shutting down the nba season you know i call it the last supper because this was the last time that we had were able to have a dinner party before everything shut down so um anyway i was there you know we had a chill outdoor dinner we came back inside and we were just hanging out and then all of a sudden her best friend just starts angrily interrogating me in front of everybody in front of all like five people who were there. She just goes, so why do you want to date my friends? Jesus Christ, give it a rest. What happened in your last relationship? Huh? That's ridiculous. I feel like people learn this behavior from like watching too much reality TV. Oh, you think so? Yeah, that's so dumb. (laughs) Like who cares? Like you're, it's like, it's like saying my best friend is incapable of making their own decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to interrogate you when it's like, let your friend make their own decisions. Just shut the fuck up, okay? Just the worst thing was that it was in front of everybody. That's too, terrible. And That's terrible. They were all close friends. Inexcusable. And then there was a there was a guy there was a guy friend there who was, I love what he said. He he just said, "Who hurt you?" 
Oh, there. That's a good one. And good he was one. like, Alan's a chill guy. I don't know what, what you're doing. So no. again, too much like yeah. bad girls club or whatever. So the, the woman that I was seeing, um, you know, she actually had to escort her friend outside to have a chat with her about this and like de-escalate the situation. That's so, wild. Yeah. So that happened. But then, you know, the aftermath of that was with all this COVID stuff, um, you know, we had to kind of be in a situation. Either we were going to become, you know, emotionally close mm-hmm. and we were going to emotionally support each other through all this lockdown or stuff nah. or not. <laughs> and as you maybe can guess, we did not. She nah. she couldn't she couldn't handle she said she couldn't handle dating during, with all this. That and, makes sense. Yeah. I, get that. I respect that. So that's the story. On that note, dial on radio. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh yeah, so anyway, I, I wanted to um we're going to hear a song gonna play us out from my band my current mm-hmm. band extra extra we yeah. are a seven person dance rock band um it's a lot of fun we have high energy performances you'll dance you'll laugh you won't cry nope um and you can check us out on instagram follow us at, at extra extra musicians you can check out our debut album on spotify it's called never been to a party and um, you can see us. Our next show is Saturday, May 6th at the Stork Club in Ooh. Oakland. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Here we go. Let's extra, extra. Thank you so much, Alan. You the best. Thank you, Jill, for having me. Yeah. Party time. Yeah.